0: You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe?
1: Welcome to episode 15. 15! Keg. This is RJ Zimmerman here with my brother-in-law Monte Ball. How are you doing there, acquaintance? <laughs> I'm good,
0: man. I'm, I'm good. 15 episodes. That's 15 weeks I've been spending uh, you know, each hour of each week chatting with you. It's been good, man. I, I'm everything's uh, you know, relatively speaking again um going going okay. Um how about yourself?
1: Um you know, it was a busy week at work. We had a lot of storms, first real storm of the season that blew through, so mm-hmm. put in some long hours, which is uh it's fine. Uh sometimes it can get frustrating cuz you feel like you don't make any headway, feel like you don't pull your own weight. Right. Every storm is different. Sometimes you feel like you you do even more. Sometimes you uh but it just depends on the work you get to. Um, and then how much drive time there is. So, uh, it was, it was nice to be able to help people who've been, who are out of power for 24 hours plus mm-hmm. back into power. So, uh, that's one thing that I enjoy about my job, but it was also a week for me of some pretty deep soul searching with the, with the world as it is right now as a. As a white person, um, you know, one thing I said to my wife last weekend, um, we were both really upset all week, uh, having two young black boys, you know, we're, we're scared that the world that we brought them into, um, I myself feel guilty because I didn't fully understand what that meant. Um. I, uh, you know, I've come to the realization that I lack the courage sometimes, um, to speak up in situations that I see. Uh, one thing that I want to do that I like to try to do is teach. I I really enjoy teaching. I enjoy coaching a lot. Mm -hmm. And when I teach, I kind of take my philosophies as a coach, which is, you know, if you're not having fun, is life really worth living if you can't have fun doing what you're doing? Um, you know, I am definitely a hypocrite. Um, I've not always been understanding. I've not always been open-minded. Um, you know, I used to say the F word uh, against gay people. You know, I used to say, um, you know, that's gay as mm-hmm. in that stupid. I used to say oh yeah, the, the reword a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I can come off condescending as well when I talk even though that's not what I mean. I'm just trying to get understanding. And so I think that that turns people's ears and minds off. That's for sure. Uh, Coming at this as a white person, the past couple of, you know, growing up in a small town, I developed, and I didn't know it. Um, you know, you, you get these biases. You get whether you know they're subconscious, they're unconscious. Is what you what you learn from movies, what you learn from uh, media, what you learn from history books. You know, the people around you. Uh, you're you're taught who the good guys are you think that you have an understanding that when you call 911 they're going to be there to help and not hurt the situation um you think you have an understanding that when people go to job interviews it's all about their merit about what they're bringing on the table um you know, not not necessarily how the interviewer is relating to the person that day, not necessarily uh, your preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing when you, when you get older, you start to realize that context is the most important thing when you learn about decisions that were made. You need to learn about what was in the world at the time. Um, it doesn't excuse poor behavior, but when people talk to you, and say that they see you said something that hurt them, that you said something that um, was not kind. They're not saying you're a bad person. They're saying that... Just made a poor decision. Yes. And if you choose not to change that behavior, if you choose not to try... Cause that's the thing. It's not going to be a snap of the fingers. You know, you really have to, you have to consciously try. I remember one of my friends in high school, when things went wrong, would say that's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, you know, why are you saying that? And he'd be like, you wouldn't really be able to explain it. Well, he said it so much that I ended up picking it up. And I went to my cousin's wedding and, uh, something happened and i let that fall and the person that i let it fall in front of was jewish and they're like wait a second what what do you mean by that and i was a 19 year old kid you know naive ignorant no idea what the world really was um and they just had a conversation you know i'm jewish like do you think that I'm stupid? Do you think I'm dumb? Do you think, you know, that everything goes wrong around me? I'm, I'm like, oh, crap. You know, that I'm saying this about a group of people and a specific person. Like, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll never know what it's like to walk into a room and be questioned on why you're there. Um, I'll never know what it's like to be belittled just because you're taking time to figure something out. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if uh, one of these subconscious biases that like you know people fit feel like they fit in no matter where they are unless they're given a reason not to but that's just that's not true that's not how it is i don't know if you want to explain what it's like to uh you oh know, yeah go to, somewhere be the only person of color
0: oh man no i think that was awesome what you were just saying right there i really wanted you just to kind of puked that all over this podcast like you did um because i think it's important for our listeners to understand what you just said uh um kind of some soul searching and i think you're a little hard on yourself i really do because i, I see you calling people out left and right on twitter and and no matter what their profession is politicians uh teachers <laughs> um players what have you i see you calling out um stuff all the time now as it comes to being the only person of color at an event in a classroom in the workplace um, you almost expect it which is sad it's sad to say uh, um, but you know my family I mean my family we we growing up in you know Wentzville, Missouri um, you know at the time there wasn't a lot of people of color so we kind of well, I guess that went to went to my high school. We didn't really expect there to be a lot of people of color in our classrooms. This being my me and my older sister, of course, um, we didn't expect for there to be a lot of people of color uh, where we were hired at for our jobs. So it's challenging, man, and, and it's challenging. And now being in Wisconsin, it's it's Wisconsin is trying, of course, a lot of work, more work to to do, um, but. It's challenging because it's it adds a lot more anxiety, a lot more pressure um it requires more um uh, code switching um if you've ever heard that before, I'm pretty sure my sister has probably shared that with you
1: uh, i heard actually first time I heard that was uh a o c when hmm. people were um giving her crap for the way that she talks yeah uh, and yeah, i noticed that i do that i even do that with accents so like uh <laughs> my family down in texas if i talk if i sit and have a conversation with them uh within 2 hours i'll fall into like more of a southern accent than i will <laughs> like and then if i if i get around a group of people from my hometown from high school mm-hmm. ashley said it's like a, a a snap of the fingers i'll start i'll have uh you know, <laughs> fall into my old accents. She's like, I've never heard you talk like that before. Why are you talking like that?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, code switching, it's, I know for those who don't know, it's, you know, code switching is, you know, just in layman terms when, you know, speaking Ebonics or whatever, you want know, to call it slang, um, to, you know, when black people get around, um, white people, you know, talking more um I hate saying proper as if Black people cannot speak properly, but again, layman terms, just for context here, uh, speaking more proper in a sense. uh, I'm not saying or using any slang uh, terminology Um, so that it seems it's we feel as if we have to do that whenever we go into these workplaces where there's only, you know, where it's just me as a person of color, um, when in a sense we probably don't have to. Um, but we just, I don't know. It's just, it's, I can, it's just something that we sure was passed down due to oppression or what have you. We feel as if we have to act a certain way, um, to be accepted, which is, um, which is sad in a way, man. Um, but it's, uh, I honestly, I, I it's awesome hearing what you're saying about the deep soul searching and what have you due to everything that's going on in the world right now. It's, you know, I'm just gonna come out and say it, man. This is the time where, you know, first off, obviously, every single group has radicals, bad apples, what have you. I'm speaking about black people as well. Um, um, every single group, but this is the time I think where, you know, white people got to get together, man. Got to huddle up. Got to, got to check yourselves, man, because what's going on, or what has been going on. Um, has got to end most definitely has got to end and it's just awesome to hear from somebody like yourself who's super close to me super close to you who's who's an ally to us and and as an ally you're still doing some deep soul searching and it's you're going above and beyond and we really appreciate that we just hope that everybody else is doing the same
1: yeah well i have i really appreciate your your kind words Um, uh, i i know i'm hard on myself um you, know, you are. we, man. Talked, about you. This. we <laughs> talked about this in a previous podcast you and I are both very hard on ourselves like mm-hmm. uh we dwell on mistakes yeah and if we do something well it's like yeah we we're supposed to we kind of mm-hmm. move on past it uh we don't really celebrate it um I get that from football <laughs> yeah
0: you know it's what have you done <laughs> for me lately <laughs> does not, not,
1: no one cares about what you did yesterday. It's, yep. it's what have you done for me lately? Sports, man, sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of good things that come out of sports. Um, a lot of things that that's ne- not necessarily great as well, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for me as a white person to try to mm-hmm. relate this to parents. Um, I can never, and I'm saying never, in capital N-E-V-E-R, never allow my children to play with a toy gun. Mm. Um, Mm. Growing Mm. up, I never thought about that. I remember one time my brother, uh, we we were building a fort, quote-unquote. We were young. I bet you my brother was seven or eight yeah, he there was no way he was even close to 10. And uh these kids were picking on us. And so does my brother do. He chases them off with the hammer. And uh a cop who was a family friend because we growing up in a small town, everybody's friends, right? Everybody knows everybody. Right. Uh he stops, he you know, gets <clears throat> out, grabs the hammer from my brother, you know, gives him a stern talking to. Says, you better go home right now. I will meet you there. Drives around, knocks on my parents' door, my mom's home. Like, you know, this is what your son was doing. Uh, I'm going to keep the hammer. And they're like, okay, that's fine. Like, you know, and then we got a stern talking to. I think my brother, he was too young. So he probably got stood in the corner for 20 minutes, whatever. Uh, But that's my experience with that. Um, and anyway, there are
0: good cops still out there like it, that, though. There is. Wow. There
1: is. And I, right. I honestly believe. No, I don't know. I'm just going to say I don't know because I don't know. Right. But true. Um, you know, anybody who doesn't know, Tamir Rice, hmm. uh, a 12-year-old, was shot and killed for playing with a toy gun at a park. It's unbelievable, man. Please Watching stop, the video.
0: <laughs> Did you see how aggressive the officer flew up on the scene at a park. Yep. This kid is 12. I understand as a cop. Yeah. You got to act a certain way. If you hear gun, what have you, I get that. But if I hear that a 12 year old has a gun, okay, I'm going to arrive to the scene with backup for one. And for two, I'm going to be like, okay, he's a 12 year old. I doubt he has any sort of training uh, with a gun than that, you know, like I do. So, yeah, you you know where I'm getting at, man. I understand, obviously, the police officers have families to go home to.
1: I do understand that, but come on, man. A 12-year-old has a a life to live that no longer (laughs) is able to. So,
0: Yeah, instead of that cop going to the family's home and telling them that, you know, your kid is playing with a toy gun and it could have gone this way. It's someone else showing up telling them that. So, I
1: have to impart at a very young age that they're not allowed to play with toy guns. Mm-hmm. That even if they go to a friend's house and they're going to go to a park and play, if their friends have a toy gun, they're not allowed to touch it. They're not yeah. allowed, if their friends put it down, they're not allowed to pick it up and play with it because you never know what's going to happen. You never know somebody's going to come in and think that they are going to hurt somebody that day and it doesn't matter who it is, right? They're, they're going to get back at somebody. Um, you gotta watch out for the whistleblowers calling the cops. That 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 as well. I'm thinking it's a yeah. The, I'm thinking it's a gun. The next thing that I have to teach my children um, is when they're old enough to start walking home from school, going to friends' house, what have you, and they have a house mm-hmm. key. If they forget their house key and they're locked out of the house, they have to walk to the nearest store. They can't stand outside the house. They can't go in the backyard and wait. They have to try to get a hold of us. If they can't get a hold of us, try to call grandparents or uncles or aunts. Mm-hmm. They have to walk to the nearest store, and you, as soon as you get there, you talk to the manager, and you say, uh, "Excuse me, I'm locked out of my house, and I contacted my parents. I'm just looking for a place to stay. Can I stay here till they arrive?" And if they say no. Then you say, okay, thank you for your time. And you move to the next door and you talk to the manager. You can't talk to a worker. You have to ask for the manager. This Absolutely. is what I have to teach my children to keep them safe. They can't yeah. even stand outside their own house because somebody might call the cops that someone's trying and to break that, in and they'll say and that just recently happened. African-American male, black male and these cops are going to arrive looking to do harm. Yeah,
0: I mean, talk about I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about an, a our situation that recently just happened, which is which in is, Monona. It, it, oh gosh, man, in in in, in, a, in a, this situation proves exactly your point. An individual long story short, um a black uh black man t- 23 Oh, I don't even was, think he's that
1: old. I think he's like twenty twenty one. Yeah, staying at his coach's house, right? He's renting it for the summer.
0: Yeah, and black kid, man. I mean, this is a kid. And long story short, somebody in the neighborhood calls the cops because they see a black man at this home because the residents, you know, are out of town or something. So, the, so um, this kid was renting it from his coach. The coach allowed for him to. Call the cops, man. These cops show up with two cops, two pistols aimed at his face. Didn't knock when they went in the door. And then it ends up being, oh, sorry, just a misunderstanding. And then they start talking about football and all this stuff and try to be buddy, buddy. No. You just had two pistols pointed at my face because of somebody calling the cops. Thinking that there's a burglary because I'm black, these individuals need to face some sort of penalty, fine, citation, what have you, for wasting police officers' time, resources, etc. And then these officers need to be reprimanded for your. You went into somebody's home without knocking and had two pistols aimed at his face. You don't think that's trauma? Into it's trauma alone having a pistol pointed at your face, two loaded pistols. And then two it, it, with everything that's going on right now in America. You don't think that kid, do you think he slept well that night? Do you think that he is going to you know not worry about that happening again? you know, him walking to the living room and, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be tiptoeing around that house this entire time. Like, am I going to wake up one morning and be pouring a bowl of cereal? Right. And you know, there's going to be a pistol in my face. (laughs) Like uh, I'm getting very frustrated, man. So I'm I'm just, what I'm, what I'm getting at is what you just said right there is exactly what I'm going to have to teach my son. What you have to teach your children is, is we have to go above and beyond, which is sad to keep our children alive. I'm sorry, yep. these white people need to stop calling the cops on people who are not breaking the law. And yeah, do do you know if they're breaking the law or not? How about you just do a little bit more research effort or what have you before you waste the police officer's time and, and potentially put somebody's life literally in danger? So
1: sorry for my rant. I just no, get that's, I, I It's ugh. so so true. I mean, we have real life examples. This very literally least. happened like last week. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So I'm like, come on, man. Like that stuff is like, how is that still? Ha- are these officers compl- are living under a rock?
1: Yes. <laughs> They're oblivious, to say the very least.
0: Uh, I mean, are do they not know what's going on right now? It's just that like, goes to show you, that no one. Ca- they don't care.
1: You know these protests that are happening, calling out police brutality and all this police mm-hmm. brutality that's happening at the protests. <laughs> like, uh, uh yeah, all these videos, like, did you, the 75 year old man, did you hear what the, uh, what the police chief and the mayor and the, um, police union, head of the police union of Buffalo said Mm-mm. that 75 year old man was a main instigator. Oh my gosh. Do they not know it's on video? I, I don't know how you wouldn't be able to see it right now, but that's uh he, there's multiple angles. Absolutely.
0: And 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 it's and this here's the thing, is is that video has been retweeted and shared just probably as many times as a person of color who was being you know, brutally assaulted, murdered, or what have you by, by an officer. We yes, Black Lives Matter, but we're talking about police brutality Yep. So, how are you brutally assaulting somebody during riots of police brutality?
1: <laughs> eh, you' it, there's a looking at social media. You know, it fills you with a lot of hope. It mm. Fills you with a lot of uh, anger. Yeah, and sadness. Yes, it does. Um, you know, I've I've had to consciously unplug this week because last weekend, this weekend, this week, you know, I've been, I've been addicted to it a little bit to see what's going on, to see what I can do. What can I learn from the experiences? Um, you know, one thing my dad, uh, has said to me because he knows my mindset. He knows that I want to do good no matter what. Um, I'll give up everything for something that I believe in. Um, okay. You know, he, we, we, a few years ago, I believe it was when Ferguson happened, uh, we were talking about this. And I was saying, you know, if somebody who wears a badge wants my respect, that they better respect me. And, my family first they'll get respect back but if you show up and you're disrespectful you ain't getting respect from me and one thing he said is you know you got to listen if they even if they're doing something you got to keep your cool you have to listen to what they say follow their orders and just come home and then we'll do we'll deal with it and i know that that's what a lot of black fathers what a lot of black mothers what a lot of uh people of color have to teach their kids But one thing that we've all seen these past two weeks now, because you can't hide behind the police reports, you can't hide from Mm. the videos. You can can listen, you can do everything they say. And if somebody wants to kill you that day, they're going to kill you. So let's say my oldest gets pulled over. He just started driving. You know, I, I taught him that, you keep your license above your visor. You keep the registration above the visor. You keep your the proof of insurance up there so that you never have to reach. It's all right there. Mm. You keep your hands where they can see, see them. Right. He follows everything. They pull them out of the car. They search it. He's still doing everything that they say. All of a sudden, they decide that they're going to you know, throw him to the ground and arrest him for let's say, you know, third taillights out. Let's say, uh, license plate lights, not working. Let's say a headlights out because it just went out because that's what happens. Things break and you don't always have time to fix it by the time somebody sees that it's broken. And maybe you never even noticed it till they pull you over and tell you about it. Um, It's possible it just happened while you were driving. And out of fear, my oldest tries to defend himself as he's being thrown to the ground. Do you think, and by defend himself, I mean tries to not be thrown to the ground? Do you think he's coming home that day? Hmm. I mean, this is something that I have to think about. I mean, you know, there's Daniel Shaver. If nobody knows yes. that name, this is a, a white man down in, and mm-hmm. I say man, but he's a kid down in Arizona was a kid, uh, in a hotel and it's a, a SWAT unit called it. I can't remember why, uh, he's trying- uh because he had a. He had a like a like a pellet gun. No, it was insecticide equipment. He was an exterminator. Yeah, because he kills rodents. Yeah, Um, something like that. Yeah. So his case looked like a gun case. Mm -hmm. So he tries to get into his room, and uh, again, somebody calling the cops when. (laughs) And this cop is yelling these commands at him, and he's crying and he's begging for his life. You know, I. They they never move up on him. They have assault rifles pointed at him. And this is the video that haunts me, you know, the most. Um, they tell him to get on his knees and crawl towards them. So he gets on his knees and he's crawling towards them and his pants fall down. Mm-hmm. So he reaches down to grab his pants and officer shoots him dead. Execution. He wanted to. There was no aggressive movement. This kid is like, please just come, come arrest me, come arrest me. And the officer's like, no, you come here. Like, what are you doing? He
0: he gave him the smallest window of compliance because at the beginning, he's like, you know, he he was purposely and aggressively yelling at him and giving him the most difficult orders and confusing orders so that this guy gets confused and does something he's not supposed to because he showed up on scene wanting to do something that officer did. He was telling him to crawl with his left leg first or then his right arm. And then, you know what I mean? And when it's like, yo, just tell the individual to walk towards you and then tell him to turn around and get on his knees and, and, and handcuff him or whatever. Just tell
1: him to lay down and then run up and handcuff him.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's in it's, that individual, the police officer- is was
1: acquitted for one, he and never also was made. He was never charged. Oh, he wasn't even charged. He was suspended, and then and then you go ahead. Gosh,
0: oh, so sorry, man. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting charged up. So my my bad. <laughs> it's just because, like I said, it's we're not just talking about black lives. It's white lives. Is you know we're talking about black lives, of course, but police brutality happens to white people. This Daniel Shaver, this individual. This officer, man, was making like, now he makes like $31,000 a year now for the rest of his life. He's on disability
1: because of uh, <laughs> mental issues from this, right? Oh, um, my gosh. He's collecting a pension. He, uh, yeah, it's, I want to say right. it's like $2,600 a month is what I saw he's making from the city. Plus, nothing says he's not making disability from the government. Plus nothing says he can't work on the side. Um, Police brutality, man. (laughs) And one thing I want to point out was black lives matter. The groups pushed this case hard because this is color. Doesn't matter. Nope. And during these protests, um, you know, another that you have that 75-year-old white man in Buffalo, but also in Buffalo, you had a black man, hands in the air, hard hat in one hand, giving a live TV interview. And during that live TV interview, gets tackled from behind and arrested. Um, you, you cannot watch these videos and not see flashbacks to black and white video reels from the 1960s from Dr. King's mm-hmm. marches. Um, you know, we are living through history right now. And one thing that gives me hope is it's eight days from the first protests from the first mass protests. And we are still having protests in all fifty states. We're still having protests in dozens of countries, war-torn mm-hmm. countries. Um, you know, it's not just a fad. We, th- you know, this it's it's, it's time. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time to judge someone by the merit of their character, and by that. I do mean giving the room to grow, the uh, chance to change, and you might need more than two chances. That's okay. Just, you know, be better. Like, I don't think I'm better than anybody. I am, I don't even know what else to to say. Like, you know, I, I have problems uh with self-confidence because I know that there's better ideas out there. I know that I am not perfect. Um I am very hard on myself for any mistake that happens, any. Nobody nobody has to um Hold it against me because I'm going to hold it against myself. And that's a character flaw. But I also am going to try to do better after I make that mistake. Um, you know, every, every single day I go into the day to try to be better than the day before. That's all anybody's asking. Try to grow. Try to Try to make the world, you know, give opportunities where the opportunities haven't been given be patient with people try to try to think okay if somebody let's say you know did this to my child somebody um to my brother to my sister how would i feel uh what, what we're seeing the lack of empathy. What, what we're seeing from these police departments um, during these riots is it's to the point that it's unforgivable. Um, I'm not just talking about the murders, you know I'm talking about how they're treating these protesters. whether you're being yelled at, you're being insulted, that doesn't mean you can take a baton and beat the crap out of somebody. That's what I'm saying. Because you were getting yelled at, you can't crack somebody's skull. I mean, these rubber bullets that are taking people's vision, um, being shot at press. It's unbelievable. Uh, there was a man, an old white man in a wheelchair in LA who got shot in the face with a rubber bullet. Uh, he doesn't have health insurance, by the way, because he's homeless. But he was yeah. out there standing up for what people giving people equal rights because we still don't have that. Um you know, I'm I'm I've had a week to think about it. I've had a week to get my anger more under control to try to put words to my thoughts. I don't know if I've done that very well. Um it's emotional. You know, I've I've cried more than once this week. I've come to um many realizations and had you know talks with my wife and I just uh you know it's, I want I want to apologize for not seeing it sooner. I mean, like I said,
0: you're hard on you're pretty hard on yourself, man, but but like I, like I said, it's, it's you know, we don't want that's the thing that um, you know, I don't want to speak for the entire black population, but I feel like a lot of us do agree in this on this topic here, which is we don't want for people like yourself, individuals who are allies, to build any sort of self-hate, white guilt. Any of that jazz. You're not responsible for what your ancestors did. You're not responsible for what some of the bad apples in your ethnic group, whatever, what have you, uh, your group of people. You know, I don't know how to say it exactly. The Caucasian people, (laughs) you know, what they do. It's um, just like you said. We just expect for people nowadays to judge people from the you know the merit of their character rather than what their face looks like. Um, and it's sad that in 2020 we have to sit here and still have this conversation. But just like you said, there's hope, and in these eight days we're starting to see a very little change, very little change, which which is which is promising. So we just challenge everybody to police your white neighbors, your groups that you hang out with, and check them. You know, it's, it's not enough just to be, like I said, last time, it's not enough just to be non-racist. It's, it's, you have to be anti-racist. now. If you are not speaking up about it, if you're not using your social media platform to speak up about it and potentially change one person, one person's mindset, then what are you doing? what are you doing? So it's, yeah, it's, I'm, 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 I'm. I'm I'm, I'm, ex, I'm, I'm excited, man, because I think that change is coming big time.
1: Me too. I hope so. I, I,
0: really, I really do.
1: Um, you know, one we were talking about subconscious and unconscious biases, and one easy way mm-hmm. to explain it, and it just popped in my head, is to go to sports, go to football. Um, you get these right. uh, white linebackers, white defensive ends, defensive players they're always you know more athletic than you think they have a high mm-hmm. football IQ they uh, have a high <laughs> motor they have a motor that never stops running um you know these are always things that are said but uh you know that's but that's part of the subconscious you know of unconscious biases that are involved so uh and then you know going off of football one thing I want to Commend is the Green Bay Packers. One thing is the, uh, you know, an organization in Green Bay. Uh, they have not always been willing to rock the boat. They've not always been willing to mm-hmm. um, be Just outspoken about issues that are going on. Um, so what I see this this week from. Uh, you know, Matt LaFleur, I have Mm -hmm. so much more respect for him as a person, uh, let alone a football coach. Um, one thing that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I've always thought on and off the field has handled himself, um, as well as any professional athlete has ever done. Um, the, the stories about them coming together, the willingness to speak out. Matt LaFleur and Mark Murphy, who's the president of the Packers, uh, willing to stand behind players who are g- going to kneel for the protest this year, which I don't know if people remember, but last year they all locked arms. And boy, was there some locking arms during the National Anthem is disrespectful to the flag. I That is... I'm sorry. How dumb are people, RJ? It's I, your I, willingness, I, it's your I, blindness, it's your, you know. Uh, your...
0: When, when probably 80% of them, uh, probably 60% of them in the audience are probably not even standing. Yeah. Probably got a, a hot dog shoved down their throat saying, oh, how dare they, you know, as they're sipping their beer, lock arms during the national anthem. Or the people watching on television or watching on TV who aren't standing, yep. sitting on their couch. I I, I just, at some point, we would almost rather people just say, just come out and say you're
1: racist, Jesus. (laughs) Like, just say it. Uh, One thing, I don't know if you saw this. This actually happened uh, like a month ago or might be longer. Matt LaFleur is acting, not just speaking. He started a Mm -hmm. minority coaching fellowship. Every year, he's going to hire... Um a new person of color to mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. i believe also maybe female um uh marginalized population to follow him and yep. learn and get experience, which is very exciting uh he's he's gotten opportunities and he's gonna use the little influence that he has to try to change a culture, which is absolutely awesome.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the NFL is, you know, baseball is America's sport. Football is right behind it. Oh,
1: I think football is America's sport now. (laughs) It's probably got it now. I mean, baseball is America's (laughs) past time. (laughs) Right. So it's, you know, we, we,
0: it's, I mean, as many views, you know, viewers tune in to a Sunday night game, Monday night game. It's what better stage to show the world, you know, uh, of, of of a time where we can start including more people of color, more women coaches, more, you know, I hope I'm alive uh, for the time where we have, you know, a person of color who's an owner.
1: I think it's only a matter of time Um, before Jay-Z owns a team.
0: Right. you can tell he's gearing up, he's gearing up towards it, but you know what I'm saying? The NFL has been going on for, you know, however long. Um, So it's just, it's time that we start to see something. You're trying to tell me in these 80 years, 70 years or whatever, that there there was never a, a time where there could have been more people of color uh, in the coaching staff and obviously probably not in, as an owner. Cause you know, there wasn't any black billionaires back in the fifties or sixties, but I'm just saying it's, it's I hope that I'm alive during the time when that change happens. I really do.
1: You will be just like, you know, it just took Michael Jordan for the NBA. Um, mm. You know, I I honestly believe Jay-Z is going to own a, own an NFL team soon. Um, Yeah, so going into uh, speaking about the Packers, (laughs) I also have to apologize for them for their wanting to run 12 personnel uh, back in after the draft. I still am not a fan of the draft. However, I was wrong what I said about 12 personnel because it turns out the Chiefs were like top three in the league, running 12 personnel, won the Super Bowl. Obviously, the 49ers, I think I mentioned that they were. They I mean, hold on, though, hold on. Hold on. You mean, you can't compare the,
0: the Chiefs' offense to the Packers' offense, though. I mean, we're talking. So, Chiefs' offense has a lot of the weapons. The five
1: top five teams that ran 12 personnel all made the playoffs last year. I I was very surprised by that. Uh the Packers were not in the top 5 for any 12 personnel. Uh the Titans I believe were number 1, which makes a lot of sense for what they do. Uh but I just yep, I was a little bit ignorant and spoke out of turn. However, I still think you need playmakers. They may have that, but it just uh they could still use some more playmakers on both sides of the ball. So, at least in my opinion, I could be wrong. Kind of like with the Brewers, I always said I trust David Stearns, who's the GM, and then he makes a trade I don't agree with, and I'm like, ooh, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if I agree with that. And then it turns out to be gold. So, uh, I need to maybe trust Brian Gudekinst, who has put the Packers in position to succeed. All right,
0: All right. I'm still obviously you know Denver Broncos heavy. Still had the best draft in my opinion, but I I, I do want to speak on the Packers. Of course, yeah, I, I love I love what Aaron Rodgers said. I mean, it just let's let's put two white quarterbacks right next to each other, both you know potentially Hall of Famers, Drew Brees. I don't think it's potential. Um, Aaron, I think Aaron Rodgers
1: down going to be
0: right, right. Um, so it's. But to different views, different opinions, which everyone has opinion, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but one of them we know is 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 correct, and that being Aaron Rodgers, how he spoke on it pretty much everything that's going on. It was never about the flag, it was never about the anthem. It's about raising awareness to the social injustices that are happening to a marginalized group, that being people of color, more specifically, Black individuals, Black men. Um, and I'm not forgetting about our Black uh, sisters, women
1: who have been- um, Justice for Breonna you know, killed Taylor. Killed by police
0: officer. Exactly. Justice exactly. for
1: Breonna Taylor. Yep. We're still fighting
0: for that, of course. But then you got Drew Brees, who makes his statements about- he still will never respect or whatever he said. He's not for people disrespecting the flag. And, and, and for someone to be that clueless, someone to be that um, blinded or living under a rock or however you want to put it during a time like this to still not understand that it's not about the flag says a lot about Drew Brees in my opinion. And then Drew Brees the, the next day comes out with a statement and, and, and pretty much is backpedaling Saying that he's at the time to reflect and this and that, talk to his teammates, and you know, a face-saving act—it's literally face-saving one-on-one. He saw the back, uh, the the how that backfired on Twitter, Instagram, and probably his teammates reaching out to him, and felt that oh, you know, I need to do something right now to save face. Um, so he comes out in 24 hours with a different statement, and in my opinion, that's bullcrap that's bullcrap. You can't, it's not how that works. And we all are adults here. We understand that no one changes their opinion like that, that fast, something on this topic, that fast in 24 hours. If that was the case, we wouldn't have been fighting this for 400 years. So Drew Brees, my message to you is you, you. hopefully he's taken more time to reflect and will actually, the words that he said you know, the 24 hours, um, you know, after he made a statement about he doesn't like people disrespecting the flag. Hopefully when he came back to save face, hopefully those words actually resonate longer for him. And and a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now, he actually truly believes it, that it's never about the flag. Kneeling for the flag is not disrespecting the flag. So I'm interested to see what he's going to do this year during the national anthem. So all in all, this has taken me a lot to say, RJ. But
1: kudos to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh that's not his name. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> no, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I believe you mean Aaron M. F. N. Mother Rogers. <laughs> it's a family podcast. So kudos to him. Um, much
0: respect. For how he handled it and how he what he said, and it's not like he just came out and said it just so, oh, look at me, just so everybody loves me, this and that. No, they we can show pictures of him locking arms, just like you said, uh, and
1: it's what he's he, believed since he the beginning. He spoke out about it, um, a few years ago, not just this week. So, yep, he's put you know, he's putting his uh, his money where his mouth is. Absolutely. And it's the thing. It's, it's, I mean, listen, it's at what point,
0: And I guess you can't, you can't sit down. I, I, you know, actually I want to have, I want somebody to do a red table round table, whatever. Um, I think it's happened before, but I want it to happen again, where you put two racist individuals across the table and I want to like watch and I don't know if I want to learn, but you know what I mean? I, I want to understand or, or at least hear from a racist as to why they hate somebody because of the way they look. I I, I don't think I'm supposed to understand it, but I, I need for people to at least hear what I'm saying is, at what point do you look at your parents or your family members, uncles, aunts who are white and just be like, I, I I don't understand why you hate somebody because of the way they look. Why that bothers you so much? We all understand it's because of low self esteem, but it's just it's just mind blowing, man. And I can go in circles here. I know I can because I've been trying to wrap my head around it for years, but I can't. But I don't think I'm supposed to. The
1: greatest to. my brain, the going, greatest trick <laughs> that um, rich people ever pulled is to pit poor people against each other based on Mm. the color of their skin uh so they wouldn't notice how much they're getting fleeced every day how much lip service is paid how it's just like right now rich people in philanthropy right so they're you know they're they're donating all this money to these causes that's great how much are they paying in taxes how much are they paying yeah. to help actually help people that need it? You know, what they're paying is like to you and me would be a hundred dollars. That's, that's what they're paying for philanthropy in it. It looks like a lot to us cause it is a lot to us, but to them, you know, it's basically, uh my taxes went down. So I'm going to pay, you know, maybe 3% of what my taxes would be. Uh, to make it look like I'm helping you so that you won't come after me for my my actual money that you deserve in your taxes, yeah. right? I, I mean, how yeah. much money does somebody need to live? <laughs> how, how much money do you need to have a good life? I'm not saying that there shouldn't be rich people. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be people who have, you know, who earn what you know, they've worked or, for, you know, they have right. the, they're the, they have the ideas that have led to a better life. Therefore, they do deserve to have a little bit of luxury. Um, but right. a lot, a lot of those coins, a lot of like the old money was gotten on the backs of poor people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, it was because of inheritance, because of, um, you know, the taxes that have to do with that. It hasn't been redistributed yeah, then, for mm, over, you know, a hundred years. That's the word I was looking for right there. That's the word right there. You
0: just said redistributed. It's it's generational wealth, but it's staying on one side. Um, and that comes with just like you said earlier, poor people fighting poor people. It's the systemic oppression that we speak of, because most people are, you know, don't understand it. It's, you know, they hear the word systemic oppression and they're like, well, you know, what is this phantom ideology that you know people of color are throwing out there? Well, systemic oppression, in a nutshell, can be simply us talking about food deserts. Where there are no Whole Foods, no 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 shopping centers, no grocery stores, uh, no grocery yeah. stores area exactly. There's just McDonald's or Wendy's. Well, right. how do yeah, those station. come about? Well, <laughs> That's exactly. It. We can go back to uh, after the Civil Rights Movement or whatever during the Civil Rights Movement, the redlining that banks did, or the um, you know then gentrification of ooh let's buy these lots, make them super expensive, push the poor people over here on this side. Well, what do you think the poor people were going to do after a while, especially during that time when we can't get jobs like the white man or the white woman? We can't do X, Y, Z like the white man or the white woman. Survival instincts. I'm not saying it's right to have black on black, black crime. It's most definitely not. But we're going to scratch and claw for, for what we can get in order to survive. And it's just it's it's that's just how the system works. That's how the system was built back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and it's still surviving and thriving to this day of
1: that systemic oppression. I mean, one thing we need to do is we need to uh, retire that phrase, black-on-black crime, because it's just crime. Absolutely. It's just crime. If you think that people are not capable of the same kinds of crimes, that Mm. is a poor mindset, poor way of thinking, and willful ignorance. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: There's white on white crime. There's brown on brown crime. Black on black crime. It's any it's it's just crime. That's a great point, actually. A great point. And um This is the time, man, where I am I am looking forward. Hopefully I'm alive in twenty, thirty years to look back and Reflect on these moments when I'm talking to my son, talking to my nephews, um, and reflecting back on the year of 2020 and, and before, you know, the year 2020, uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, we are living through history right now, which is a historic revolution, which is very powerful, which is very emotional. Um, I'm, I'm just grateful to be alive, to experience it, you know, what's going on. You know the protesting. I want to say.
1: You know, this is a pretty deep episode, and we're not really mm-hmm. talking about being sober. I could tell you right now, this week was really hard for me um, being sober, but yeah. uh, this needs to be said. We we don't have a huge platform, but we have a platform, and we're trying to use it. Um, you know that there are some hopeful things that are happening already within the two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, before the, the podcast we were talking and you mentioned that the Marines are banning the Confederate flag.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The main Marine Corps. Yep. Banning the Confederate flag. Um, I saw one thing about, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Did you yep. see that? I mean, this is the this is a, someone who lives, breathes and will die on Texas soil. Um, who pretty much made his statements about the confederate flag and how if you don't understand that that symbol that those colors that flag or whatever th- that flag i'm going to say uh sh- sends a story or a message to to, <laughs> to people of color who uh, a message that they don't want to be reminded of then f you that's pretty much what he said <laughs> f you um it, it their racism exists and what have you so just just I love Stone Cold Steve Austin even more for that.
1: Uh, I really yeah, do. I mean, there's Confederate statues being removed. I think the mm-hmm. most famous one right now are the four in Baltimore or Maryland. Yep. Yep, in Baltimore. It was Baltimore.
0: Yep. Oh, well, yeah. In the, yep, in
1: the city. Yep. Uh, I'll never understand why. Well, <laughs> I know why they're erected in the first place, but... Uh, If you are offended by that, they were traitors to the country Mm. that you say that you love. If you don't understand that, look up the Civil War. Look up which side defected, which side won, what the Mm. side that defected was fighting for, for real, and not just whitewashed history, but what they were actually saying, look up the cornerstone speech about that. Um, one speech that I saw at the beginning of these protests, Killer Mike down in Atlanta. You know, I suggest people watch that if they want to see some, some hope. I mean, someone who's speaking yeah. very eloquently about something that is very hard to speak about. Um, you know that, we're seeing changes. We're seeing uh, Minneapolis is doing some radical things. Uh, basically, anybody who is affiliated with the Minneapolis Police Police Department has ended their affiliation. Uh, the city is looking into radical changes, including defunding and disbanding the Minneapolis Police Department. Uh, some powerful stuff, man. There is... I don't think anybody is saying that we don't need uh, a branch that upholds laws but I think what they're saying is the accountability needs to go through the roof. Uh, one, one, One thing that I saw on Twitter was You know, the difference between my union and a police union is, if I make a mistake 18 times, I'm not going to be able to come into work the next day.
0: Bro, period. Period. That is literally everyone's point about that situation. Whenever that, that officer's record came out, it's like, if I, at my job, had 18 complaints... You won't see me again. <laughs> so yeah, just accountability is just all we're asking for.
1: That would definitely go a long way. Um, yeah, I think I think we have a lot of uh, soul searching to do, a lot of uh, questions that are uncomfortable to ask ourselves, a lot of learning that has to happen mm-hmm. uh yeah i know i know this episode wasn't a lot of fun we didn't have any questions or topic <laughs> our last episode <laughs> was our most listened to so maybe this one will continue uh well, to new just- listeners oh. welcome thank you for listening this isn't how <laughs> most of our shows go usually we have a little bit more fun and a lot more laughter um yeah. I, I yeah.
0: But if we don't mention this stuff just like we said last episode, we're doing a disservice. If if or absolutely because I think like I said what we bring to the table is 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 we're unique. Um you're 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 a white individual, I'm a black individual. It's two different backgrounds, but two people who understand that change has to happen. I mean, change has to happen and on the topic of of being sober i kind of wanted to jump back to that real quick um it has been challenging very very challenging um witnessing everything that's going on understanding that i have a child uh with a brown face that i'm trying to help raise in this world yeah uh you know probably the older me would have would have would have relapsed already would have would have Dove into the bottle, but um, again, having this outlet, keeping myself busy, staring at the glass and believing that it's half full, instead of half empty, has, has been extremely helpful. Um, so I'm just going to keep keep pushing forward, man, and
1: hopefully, hopefully, you will too. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep trying to be better every day, trying to be better than the previous day. Some days. I will fail. Some days I will stay the same. But that doesn't mean I'm going to wake up with a mindset of not trying to be better.
0: Got you, man. You got no choice. Those two little brown faces staring at you every morning. <laughs> you got no choice.
1: Yeah. You got to keep pushing. They motion. definitely bring joy. That's that's my... um. That's what's keeping me going. So uh you know, I guess to end the show I got a question for you. Okay. Are there any distractions that you're looking forward to coming out? I mean, you know, just temporary distractions, things that you can hmm, turn to of course. to relax. Of course. Last of Us Two. Same, same. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. I'm
0: really, really thrilled excited about it I watched the trailer I don't know how many times um, Ellie is obviously taking a bigger role um, and this one is what it looks like so I'm, I'm thrilled thrilled for it. Um, what else uh, I mean I'm, what am I not doing? I'm thinking about starting a FIFA tournament man I mean I, I as you could tell I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff to, to, to have those distractions a lot of healthy stuff um so yeah that's what's most definitely what i'm looking forward to last of us two maybe starting a fifa tournament um maybe
1: even getting a madden tournament going i don't know we'll see speaking of which if any of our listeners want to challenge you to fifa and probably win they can send you uh they can send us a dm and we'll try to uh Mm -hmm. ps4 is what you play I don't yes. believe there's cross play this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's coming. Um, right. Yeah. I, you know, I'm getting really excited for PS5. I'm I'm excited for, you know, I'm excited for Last of Us 2. I'm excited for Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-mm. I'm all, I'm like, you know, I got probably two and a half, three hours left of Final Fantasy. So that's exciting. Um, right. Right. Yeah, I uh, there's a lot to look forward to. I'm, I'm basketball is supposed to be starting soon. I hope baseball, it is. The owners can be less greedy, and we can play. <laughs> um, yeah, I that's one thing I really miss is baseball. I used to, I used to call my grandpa. Um, you know, back when he was alive, he was a Cubs fan. And I was a Brewers fan, and or I am a Brewers fan. We used to give each other crap all the time. <laughs> um, you know, I, I miss having those talks with him because he's old school. So I try to explain a new school to him and he was still very open-minded about it. Uh, and he was, he was a very good baseball player back in the day. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot to look forward to, but one thing I hope it doesn't happen. It doesn't feel like it's happening, but you know, we got to see the forest through the trees. There's going to be these trees that are beautiful, that are distracting. Um, but we can't let them distract us forever. Mm. Uh, speaking of video Absolutely. games, by the way, it's been very heartening seeing uh, the messages that have been put out on loading screens, uh, boot up screens. Mm. They are stepping right. up. That's what's so different this time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, you know, People are stepping up. Uh, Platforms are stepping up. And one thing I hope that this does is it, you know, it shows kids who didn't realize but now are starting to maybe that there's opportunities. Um, And I hope that um, they explore these opportunities for different jobs, different workplaces, different different ways of life. Uh, And I -hmm. hope that companies reach out and they do their part and trying to cultivate these opportunities. It doesn't mean that you don't hire white people, but it means that we get to a, a true merit-based society where it's based on the content of your character. It's based on your experiences. It's based on, um, you know, it's based on what you bring to the table and not based on the color of your skin, what your name looks like on paper, what, um, you know, the, the very superficial things that don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So absolutely. Um, I guess you got anything else? No, man, I think that was, we threw it all
0: out there and to our listeners. Yeah. Hopefully you guys can hear our hearts. Um, we care about you. Please reach out to us. If you have any questions, if you need any sort of help, um, with getting connected to any sort of therapy, such ses- or uh, services, excuse me, uh, or anything, or just need somebody in your corner, please reach out to the both of us or one of us. Um, and we're here to help. Most definitely here to help. We understand the times are challenging. Um, people have polarized opinions right now. Um, but it's but but you have people out there who care about you, people you don't even know.
1: Yeah, I just you know I want to say you know let's. Let's try to be better every day. We'll try to be better. Uh, we accept you for who you are. Um, we accept your mistakes in the past. We expect, we respect and we accept what you're trying to be moving forward. And uh, we love you. We truly do. Yes. So, thank you for listening. Where can they reach you? Oh, good call. <laughs> uh you can follow us at untapped keg on twitter instagram find us on untapped keg facebook untapped keg.com uh i'm at it's trickster the i and trickster is a one Uh, on twitter where can they find you
0: you guys can find me on twitter at monte ball 28 um you find me on instagram at monte ball and uh yeah, please message us, uh, message uh, Untapped Keg, message myself or, or RJ, and um, we look forward to uh, continuing this podcast and giving you guys some good content. So thank you for listening. Have a good week.